0: Welcome to the Business That Story Built podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bilbrey, a marketing strategist and brand story expert. My goal is to help you understand exactly what sets you apart from your competitors and how to confidently and authentically share that with the world. Your stories are what draw in your audience and keep them coming back for more of you and what you offer. In the business world, The top storytellers grow the top businesses. Let's chat about how to share your stories to grow your business. Jury duty. Man, that was an intense week. I don't know if you have ever been selected to serve on a jury, not just summoned to go down and see if you get selected, but actually selected to serve on a jury. I just assumed it would be an annoying morning where I had to go down there and just, you know, check some boxes, answer some questions, and then I'd be home by noon. But it almost, I mean, I don't really have this to compare it to, but what it felt like was almost like getting arrested, like just, or getting pulled over. like If you're speeding and you don't see the police car, and then you see that you're getting pulled over, and it's just like completely in shock when they called my name and said that I was on, I was selected to serve. And so they immediately have you go up into the jury box, probably so you don't run from the building, but uh, you go up in the jury box immediately and the judge starts telling you how it's going to go down. And for probably the first 10 minutes, I was not even paying attention because I just couldn't believe this was really happening. Anyway, um, what I want to share today is as a brand storyteller, there are definite lessons that both of these lawyers, especially one, the one whose side lost, could have used to help his case possibly have a different outcome. And more important than just what this lawyer could have done, what it really Uh, the lessons that you can apply to your business because your audience, many of them don't know your background. They don't know these stories. They are coming in blind and it is your job very quickly to bring them in to who you are so that they choose you and what you're all about. So this was actually pretty interesting. So, you know, the lawyer's are really, if you are a trial lawyer and your case does go to trial, then you actually become a storyteller because the only thing that matters is getting the jury to understand exactly what your point of view is. And I think we all pretty much know by now that human beings are influenced emotionally, and then we back it up with the facts. So you need to have both, right? You need to have credibility, you need to have facts, but those don't matter unless you win the hearts of your audience first. And that was definitely the case in this courtroom. So, you know, just to bring you in the very first part when it was opening arguments. One of the lawyers was smiling, he was very confident and calm, and the other one was sweating bullets. He dropped his papers two to three times in opening arguments and was apologizing, and it just did not seem from the get-go like he had his act together. So for you guys and your businesses, man, first impressions count, take the time to know your story and be confident about it so you're not relying on tons of notes, that you know it inside and out, you know which parts to hit when practice does make perfect. Well, one of these guys just didn't have it. And I kept wondering, I kept looking at the plaintiff and the defendant wondering, does he realize how much his lawyer is missing the mark right now? Is he regretting hiring him? You know, I kept wondering what was going on in his mind. But anyway, like I said, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is that the members of that jury buy into his story and believe his story over the others. So, you know, they have to communicate their story in a way that both invites the jury to experience what happened as though they were that lawyer's client to understand the journey from that perspective vividly and they also need to vulnerably share the pain that their party went through to establish the emotional connection with the jury so that we would start looking for how the evidence can back that up so here's how here's how it worked in the courtroom that I happened to be in, it was a very old school courtroom. So apparently, you know, this is my only time serving on a jury, but uh, I guess a lot of courtrooms now have uh, screens where you can have PowerPoint presentations and all kinds of different visuals. Well, this one didn't. All they had was access to a flip chart. And one lawyer had before, you know, before it started, he had neatly written out step by step the timeline of events that he knew would paint his uh you know, the person who hired him, who was happened to be the defendant, would paint him in the best light. And he walked us through it from the beginning of the trial. So while the other lawyer was jumping around from one year to the next, this date to that, and we're trying to keep up with what he's saying and where he's going and where that is exactly in the timeline of events. The other guy literally had it mapped out for us to look at so we could just fluidly go from one point to the next. And when you are building a story for any reason, obviously you're trying to influence someone, at least to entertain them and keep them engaged. But it needs to be so clear each step of the journey that you're going in an orderly fashion. If you constantly jump around, you're going to really throw off your audience. And if you think about movies that do that, where they kind of jump from one place to the next and back again, it does create confusion that you hope by the end they tie everything up and you see how it comes together. But... If you're not watching a movie that's super engaging and intriguing, then your audience is not going to stick with you, and they will just end up confused, and that is exactly what happened in this case. So for a, from a juror's perspective, with no foreknowledge of the case, it's not like we're given a written book initially that says, here's exactly how it happened. I mean, all we can rely on is what the lawyers and the witnesses tell us, which they're just basically using the witnesses to pull out more details of the story so that we can put a face and a name and a voice to these things. Uh, But it just... the the first person, the first lawyer with his opening argument, he made it so crystal clear and every piece of evidence just further made it more vivid and easier to understand and relate to exactly what he was saying. And the other person you could tell he really felt for his client, the other lawyer, but he just was not connecting the dots for someone who didn't already know all the details of the case and i understand as a lawyer just like you in living your own life these lawyers had gone through months knee deep in discovery you know for evidence taking depositions so at that point they're too close to the story and it's difficult to share that with someone else who doesn't get it because you, you just make a lot of assumptions that when you're picturing it in your mind that your audience is following along and it makes perfect sense. But when you are sharing your story, any story for any occasion, you really need to think about it from the standpoint of, if I knew absolutely nothing about this, what would you say? So I just finished a group program And one of the women in the group, we were working on their core brand story. And she was sharing part of her story where she experienced a really painful, gut-wrenching loss. And she completely skipped over it. It's like, yeah, that happened. And then this is what I did next. And she's a, you know, she has a tough exterior. She's a really strong woman. She's a real go-getter. And I said, was that experience painful for you? And she's like, uh, yeah, of course it was. And I said, okay, because I would have no idea. I would just assume eh, that happened. I woke up the next day and moved on because that's the way you're writing it in this story. And if I don't know you at all, I just assume that's who you are. It's like a lot of people think, you know, if you're old enough like I am to remember Michael Jordan when he played basketball, you might have just thought, oh, well, I assume that he just woke up one day, decided to play basketball, and everyone was amazed at his talent. And that is not the way his story went down. And he did have a lot of struggles that he had to overcome. But if you didn't know that, you would just assume life had always been easy for him. And the point I'm trying to make here is that you really need your audience to root for you. And if you just assume that they understand how difficult it was, something that you went through, they don't. They weren't there and they aren't gonna understand it unless you come out and tell them how it felt. And that is the vulnerable part because it's the part that the part that hurts It's the part that you didn't know where you were gonna go next. You didn't know how the pieces are gonna come together. And a lot of people shy away from that because they think it makes them look weak. But it really just makes you look human. And the lawyer who did not think about it from a storyteller's perspective just didn't see that piece of it. And I could tell he was really passionate about it but he did not know how to communicate the missing pieces. So when you are sharing a story, you need to remove the assumption that your audience just gets it unless you are telling them. The other thing is, and, the, and this really comes into play if you're speaking it or going on video, doing it live, whatever it is. But our jury, you know, I was especially, I think the other jury members were to an extent, but you're paying attention to the actual plaintiff and the actual defendant and you want to see the reactions and expressions on their faces as lawyers are saying certain things as witnesses are saying certain things as the judge is saying certain things you want to know how it resonates with them and one you know one person in the case kept a poker face the entire time, and probably thought that was the best way to handle it, but it is not. Anytime you are dealing with an audience, they need a deeper understanding of the emotion, and that should be written on your face. That should come out in your inflection, in your expressions, in where you pause, in where you speak faster, All of that is a part of storytelling. And again, that helped one side of the case and it did not help the other side of the case because it reinforces the narrative that is being told to the jury. Or for you, you need to know what is the main point I'm trying to make? Yeah, you may think the main point is just to sell it. That is not the main point. The main point is to sell you who you are so that they fall in love with or at least emotionally side with you like, yeah, how could they do that to this person? And then you start looking for the evidence to back it up. Well, that just didn't happen. And it also didn't help that the guy was who was a poker face during the trial that when he was on the stand as a witness he was not as polished as the other person as well so practice again practice makes perfect and think about what can you express to your audience in whatever form you have available to you if you are a musician an artist a speaker a writer making a good or selling a service how can you express something that will make your audience see more into the depth of you, into the parts of you that matter, that they can come away from and really remember? You need to take that into consideration. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what all was rehearsed prior to the case going to trial, but there were definitely missing pieces that I think they wrongfully assumed would just come across. So, you know, the defense took one single piece and it was a very smart move, like a chess game. And I'm sure you can, you know, think of business as the same way, but they knew they had one piece of the story and they wanted to make the whole case revolve around this one piece. And the other side probably had several pieces, but instead they were constantly reacting to the one piece that the other side was using to draw the entire case around them to make it easier for them to make their point. So I when you're thinking about your business and the stories you tell, Don't just look at what your competitors are doing and try to copy it or try to say how you're different or similar to that. See what makes you tick. See what makes you come alive. What drew you to that area? What lights you up about that area? Where do you have the most success? What details jump out at you that may not jump out to anybody else? And let those set you apart. Let your story set you apart. Um, so those are really big things to think about because you're the only one like you. So don't try to be a counterfeit of your hero or someone who's just amazing in your industry. Set yourself apart with just who you naturally are. And that is going to help you come across authentically to your audience. And that would have helped, uh, this side of the case come across More authentically and thoroughly to the jury. So, you know, just some takeaways if you are out there taking notes, follow the timeline of your story. Only hop around maybe once or twice, not constantly. Let it be, you know, if it really makes sense to drive a point home to have a flashback at some point, whatever it is. But otherwise, really try to go in order, make it super easy on your audience and help your audience emotionally side with either your experience that you're sharing, or if the main point is your point of view, your approach, or the reason why you do whatever you do, make that come across in every piece of your story. I just, you know, in this group that I led, everything that I kept telling each of the each of the students in it was that every single point of your story should, you should be able to draw a straight line from that to your call to action. And your story better have a call to action if you are a business owner, because you can't just tell the story that helps people get to know you if there's no point in how that connects to you serving them directly. So that needs to be the starting point. And you should cut out anything that does not help the audience get to that point with every piece of the story. So think about the pieces of whatever story you're trying to tell that will elicit that emotional response, how it felt when something went wrong, you know, whatever the the main conflict of the story was. Maybe it's the repercussions. Don't assume that just because something bad happened that your audience knows how bad it was. You need to tell them. Think of, you know, a country music song, man, they make sure you know how bad it was, right? So it was difficult for the jury to get into the headspace and the heart of one of the sides because the lawyer just didn't know how to convey that. And you also need to make sure if you're in my Facebook group, which is the same name as this podcast, it's the business that story built. I do periodic free reviews of people's stories. So make sure that you make sure that you join that group. I was recently reviewing someone's story in there and he did not include his transformation. He said, the point of my my story is just to inspire people. But if you don't really get into, here's how when I, when I engaged and I did what I'm telling you to do, here's the transformation and the results that I saw. If you don't do that, you're not showing your audience a promised land that you are gonna take them to. And everything should center around your call to action. Every piece of the story and your transformation should really lay it out with, if you do what I'm telling you to do, or if you work with me, you can experience these kinds of results. Even if their results look different, it gives them something to visualize. So make sure that you are doing that. You really want your audience to be anticipating so much your call to action because they've seen what you went through and what you've been able to accomplish or whatever the story is about, and they want to know how they can do the same thing. So build it up so that they can really anticipate that call to action, be chomping at the bit to click the button to buy or to join your list or whatever that was. Because I guarantee you, if the lawyer whose side lost, if he knew what I just told you, and he actually applied that when he was building his case for trial, it's very likely he could have had a different outcome from the case. So I hope that helps you as you are thinking about the way. It's it's not just that you have stories to tell. It is absolutely the way that you tell those stories. And so those are some ideas that I think can help you get a little more inside scoop to really refine your stories. So I hope that helps. And um, if you're not already in my Facebook group and you do want some regular tips and possibly some direct help from me make sure that you join the Business Story Built Facebook group. And if you want to work with me directly on your brand story, I will be opening up another group in a couple of months so you can join the waitlist for that as well. Thank you so much for listening and as always, happy storytelling. If you want to become more authentic in your marketing and help others see who you are in a way that sets you apart from the competition and relates directly to the heart of your audience, then the one piece you may be missing is a brand story breakthrough. Sign up now to apply for a free one-to-one conversation with me, where we dive into your story and find out what can give you the edge you need to grow faster. To apply now, go to b i t dot L-Y forward slash, bilberry marketing. That's b i t dot L-Y forward slash, bilberry marketing. B i l b r e y marketing.